Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. How many times have you heard a random person you've never met say, I'm trying to be good this week, or I was naughty the other night and had ice cream. Today, we're going to talk about diet talk and how you should respond to it. The What's Eating You podcast is a series of mental health topics that are designed to make you think, learn, educate, and validate. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode on the What Is Eating You podcast. I'm your host and psychologist, Stephanie Giorgio. And first and foremost, I must say, I am sorry. I did not release an episode on Monday and I have been a little bit behind with the podcast, but I'm actually okay with it. I really come from a place of self-compassion when I am falling behind or not hitting my goals rather than self-criticism. How and why? I always tell myself that I spent so much of my life, as you have, being hard on yourself. You spent so much of your life criticizing yourself, being hard on yourself that now's the time to stop. And what's the point of it? What do you get out of criticizing yourself? What do you get out of being hard on yourself? Literally nothing. It is the most D motivating emotion that you can have. So instead, I like to focus on self-compassion because that does put me in a place where I'm more likely to get things done. So a little bit of a life update. I have been a little bit behind on things because I was in Adelaide over the weekend. I went on Friday for a family christening, which was really nice, really nice to get away with my partner, enjoy all the Adelaide foods. I really loved brunch at Koto. If you're there, make sure you try it. It was really good. I got the mushroom dish, highly recommend, but it was cold. I was like, is this Melbourne? It was freezing, but nevertheless had a really good time, enjoyed my time there. And it's always good to take a mini break. So if you're needing a mini getaway, this is your reminder to just do it. We can get so caught up in overthinking. Should I go? I don't really know if I should spend that money. 
maybe another time will be best. But if an opportunity presents itself, if a friend is like, hey, let's just go on a weekend getaway, go and do it because you never know when the opportunity may present itself again. And now my family is down from Melbourne. So they're staying with me in the Gold Coast. And if you could see me right now, I'm literally recording this in a little cramped corner in my bedroom. I've made a little makeshift office for now because I feel bad saying, oh, you know, you guys have to leave while I've got to do this session or this appointment. So I've made a little office and this just goes to prove my preaching and everything I say is imperfect consistency. It doesn't have to be perfect. I don't have my perfect setup right now. I don't have the perfect room. The noise may not be perfect. And I didn't perfectly record a Monday episode, but I'm being consistent. So I'm showing up today on a Wednesday, you know, I've missed one day, but one missed opportunity, it doesn't have to turn into a week. It doesn't have to turn into a month. And I think this is where people get really sidetrack or fall off their goals because they think if I'm not doing it perfectly, there's no point even trying when actually the real success is in staying consistent even when you don't want to. Trust me, I thought a lot about, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow or I can't be bothered or I'm so tired and I am tired right now, believe me, but I took my own advice and my own advice is momentum over motivation. I actually had my ideal day yesterday. I always think to myself, what is my ideal day? And yesterday was it. So we woke up early. I went to F45, did a really good session, came back, had my before you speak coffee and the new collagen is amazing. It's a chocolate collagen and it tasted like a Nutella drink. So I just put a scoop of that into my coffee. It was divine. Had my breakfast, Then I believe I had two Zoom sessions and I just smashed out so much recording after that. I felt super motivated. I felt energized. I was like, this is it. This is it. Finally, I've got the feeling. Oh my gosh, I'm so energetic. I'm so thriving. But there was nothing special. It was just a more motivated day. And then today is the complete opposite. I feel tired. I probably had too much caffeine. I'm feeling I can't be bothered. But does it stop me showing up? a little bit. I procrastinated getting this done, but I'm still doing it because what's the alternative? The alternative is just not do it and then build on another day and build on another day. So I really encourage people to see their days in quarters. Think of your days four quarters. And just because you may not win your morning quarter or your afternoon quarter, you can win the evening quarter. So for me, I've got one more session after this. And I thought, you know what, record a podcast. You're going to feel so good. It's literally 20 minutes of your time. And I'm focusing on the outcome rather than the immediate, oh, I'm tired. I can't be bothered. And this is what I teach in my mindset programs is focus on the outcome, negotiate with the part of yourself that doesn't want to do it and find a middle ground. You don't have to record five podcast episodes. Just get one out for now. And one is good enough. Remember, done is better than perfect. On that note, this is the episode of today. It's about how do you respond to diet talk? Now, some of us may get defensive and others may feel defeated and think we should be dieting too. The reason this came up for me is because I've had a few situations in the last couple of weeks that has just brought up diet talk to the forefront. And I'll give you a few examples. So I met a lady the other day who was a friend of a friend and we were just walking and we walked past Yochi, that yogurt place. 
And she said, oh, I was naughty the other night and I had Yochi. And I said, oh, why is that naughty? So one of the approaches I take is just being this naive inquirer who's curious. And she couldn't explain. She's like, oh, well, you know, well, well, you know, the toppings, the toppings are a bit, you know, uh, unhealthy or whatever. And I said, it's, it's just frozen yogurt and the toppings are delicious. And she was like, yeah, yeah, like Biscoff is so yum. And this is like a 50-something-year-old woman, right? And it just makes me feel so sad that we've really just normalised diet talk and that it's not okay for someone to say, I love Yochi, I enjoyed it the other night. And then the other thing that sort of activated me, I noticed, was when I went to this event over the weekend, this christening, I bumped into a lot of people I knew many years ago. So people from, you know, childhood, people who I grew up with. And there was someone who I met years and years ago who was at the time on a raw vegan diet. So very restrictive, um, etc. And when I met them, I said, oh, you know, you're still doing raw vegan. And they proceeded to say, no, I actually eat cooked food now, but they still have vegan. However, they were telling me how challenging social situations are. And I just felt really sad because this person didn't eat anything all night, even though they had accommodated, they had made specific things. She had so many allergies or a condition where she couldn't eat for fear of feeling sick that she just chose not to eat and was explaining to me that she'll go home and then she'll just like have heaps of dates and nuts and seeds and just binge on that. And she's just so used to to eating that and doesn't eat all day. And I'm just thinking, where is the line? Where is the line between an eating disorder and having this type of condition where for years and years you haven't eaten hardly anything, you're scared of getting sick. It sounds like ARFID, Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder, which is people heavily restrict their food. It's not about your body weight, shape and size, but it usually starts uh, for the idea of health, wanting to be healthier. But because you're not actually getting enough nutrients, your body then develops an aversion to certain foods. And then your food group is super limited. Like I remember she was telling me like for a month, she was just obsessed with eating one type of food, which also sounds like it could be on the spectrum as well. And after and on the spectrum, anyways, I wasn't there to diagnose. I'm not here to diagnose, but what I noticed was it made me even have thoughts about my eating. And it made me conscientious of what I was eating at this christening, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this girl hasn't eaten all night. And here I am like stuffing my face with bread and steak. And I don't care. I mean, each to their own. And you know, you just want to eat what you want to eat. And it doesn't usually bother me. And even if you've overcome disordered eating and eating disorders, I always say to people, there is a part of your brain that may be activated from time to time when you hear diet talk, no matter how recovered you are. And it was so interesting that I notice these thoughts in myself. And even there was a part of me that was like, wow, you know, my gosh, imagine what life is like. Imagine that. And, you know, I remember even having an eating disorder, people would say to themselves, oh, I wish I had this allergy. Or I wish I was allergic to chocolate. Or I wish I was allergic to peanuts because then I wouldn't binge on peanut butter. And if you know, you know, right. I know this sounds like a really selfish, self-centered thing to say, but If you have come from eating disorder land, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So anyways, I just want to let you know that it is so normal and okay to get triggered every now and again. It's okay for the opinions of others to bring up something in you. What's important is how you address it. And that is what 
I'm going to speak to you about today. Once you start a healing journey with a relationship with food, you're going to start to work on your mindset. And what that's going to do is it's going to make you super cognizant of people who are still stuck in food jail. So as you work on balancing your relationship with food, eating the different foods, getting that exposure, quote unquote, experiencing food freedom, you're going to notice a lot of diet culture around you. You're going to notice a lot of people in the staff room saying, oh, your lunch looks super healthy or oh, I wish I could eat that or your mother-in-law saying, oh, aren't you on a diet or doesn't that have a lot of calories, right? And it may or may not trigger you. So here's a common scenario that you may have encountered. You're standing in line at the grocery store and you overhear a conversation between two strangers. One of them says, I'm on a diet or I really shouldn't be eating this. And while this seems innocent, it really is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to diet culture's pervasive influence on our lives. And before we go any further, I just want to jump into some statistics, right? Because in a study conducted by the National Eating Disorder Association, over 90% of women and 80% of men report dissatisfaction with their bodies. In Australia, nearly 60% of adults are dissatisfied with their bodies, according to the Butterfly Foundation. And 45 million people in the United States alone go on a diet each year, collectively spending billions on weight loss products and programs. The diet industry thrives and this relentless pursuit of unrealistic beauty standards takes a toll on our mental health. So if you're thinking going on a diet, just remember you're part of this statistic, you're part of adding to that billion dollar industry and for what? If it haven't if it hasn't worked in the past, it's not going to work now. So, what can you do about it? I would encourage you to reflect on what you feel when this is happening. Usually if it's a family member, you can get really defensive. And then what happens is your family members say, oh, I can't say anything. You're so sensitive. It's so funny. I can hear my mom's Greek accent in the background. Now she's fine. But back in the day, she's like, oh, I can't say anything. You know, nothing is right these days. And then you start feeling guilty and you don't know what you feel or why. Or now you feel guilty because you yelled at your mom. Now, if you're trying to break away from this, it is really hard because your thoughts are being wired for years and years. And what happens is when you're on this new journey and you hear a belief that activates an old belief you're trying to break. So for example, someone says, oh, you know, isn't there a lot of calories in that? And then your brain starts saying, alert, alert, alert. And you're trying to do food exposure and eat the pizza. This creates a situation called cognitive dissonance. So cognitive dissonance is the psychological squirm or the discomfort that arises when your beliefs and your behaviors are in conflict. And this can come up because what you're doing is actually in conflict with what someone else is saying, or it's not aligning with who you are trying to become as a person. And it's really confusing and it can feel like a stab in the back. And even though your family and friends may try to support you, just remember they may be the ones who created this. So expect people to say stuff, especially if they're not healing their relationship with food, expect to hear it. So 
This is how we're going to navigate diet talk and diet comments without flying off the handle and being told you can't control your emotions. It's essential to remember that your journey to food freedom is personal and everyone is at a different stage of their own relationship with food. So here are a couple of strategies to help you manage diet talk when you encounter it. The first strategy is accept and prepare. As mentioned, diet culture is extremely ingrained in the Western society and you are going to face it everywhere. It is annoying but the sooner you can accept it's coming, the better you can prepare. Especially be mindful of certain places or communities where this may come up more and accept that it may happen, right? So for example, if you're, I don't know, in an area that's really fixated on appearances or in a particular, I don't know, gym, etc., bodybuilding gym, whatever it might be, just remember, this is not a reflection of your own journey, And that is not an indication that you should be doing something different. If you are triggered, this means that you are human and you're doing the work. And a trigger is just a message and an opportunity to work on yourself. The second thing to be aware of, so after we accept and prepare, is to use compassion. Compassion for the other person. And I know this is tough. Approach diet talk with compassion. Recognize that people may not be aware of the harmful impacts of their words. They may not even be aware that what they're saying is problematic. They just grew up believing it's normal. Remember, their parents probably screwed them up too. So instead of judging or criticizing other people, try to understand their perspective and gently educate when appropriate. I tell myself these women are possibly like my mom. These people are insecure men in high school who struggled with their body image. These people are people who had parents who forced them to go on diets. Who knows? But they're not saying something because they're trying to be mean or, well, I hope they're not, but it's likely that they've gone through what you've gone through. They're just not where you are at in your journey. And remember, what you say next could actually have a positive impact on their life. I'll give an example. I was flying to Bali and I was sitting next to a lady and she was really upset that the healthier option wasn't available in business class. Scored an upgrade, by the way. And we had to get the truffle mac and cheese. Now, in the past, this would have set me off. I would have been like, oh, my gosh, I can't eat this. I'll just starve the whole flight. How can the healthy option not be available? But instead, I embrace it now. I'm cognitively flexible and I think, yum. And I said to her, you know what? The truffle cheese might be good. Like, let's give it a go. Who knows? Like, let's just have some fun with it. And she felt really good about it. And she said, you know what? You're right. I would have just chosen the other option. I'm glad we didn't. And she's like, yeah, like, let's let's be open. Let's try something different. And this was a woman in her 60s. And then again, on another flight, business class again, I was sitting next to this very successful older businessman and the lady's like, do you want to order some food? It's free, obviously. And he was like, oh no, I'm trying to diet. And I said, oh, come on, come on, Roger. It's, you only live once, enjoy it. The food's really nice. And he chose the the healthiest salad option. And he was like, yeah, that was really good. And then he got, he didn't eat his chocolate. He gave me his chocolate. And, you know, it just makes me sad that these people in their sixties, still think this way and still think they should be on a diet. And you can be that person that really 
influences that change, especially when I think it comes from someone younger or maybe someone in a different body weight, shape and size, it can really go a long way. So instead of criticizing and getting upset, remember these people are likely to want to be in your shoes. These people are likely wanting to be able to order the pizza. They're wanting to be able to eat the ice cream. They're wanting to be able to do what you're doing. But you got to prove that there's no magic trick. You just do it, right? So after you approach it with kindness, compassion, and potentially saying something positive, what do you say? I always say challenge with curiosity and educate with kindness. Now, challenging can be a little bit more difficult and it can feel a little bit more confronting, but most people take it well. So like I said, with the Yo Chi example, I just said, oh, you know, what do you mean it was naughty? I just act. I have no idea what she's talking about because remember in food freedom, we don't have these beliefs about food. We don't believe anything is good or bad. So if someone says something to you like about the calories, oh my God, doesn't that have a lot of calories? I don't know. I don't calorie count. People will be gobsmacked. Even the fact you're not dieting when you're trying to influence your weight, people will be gobsmacked because they want to be like you. They haven't heard of this before, right? And I'll then proceed to say, you know what? There's nothing naughty about yogurt or there's nothing inherently beneficial about calorie counting. Or I'll say, probably it's got calories, but why does that matter? Honestly, like just say honestly what you're thinking and and what you're feeling. Even I was in Hague's the other day, that chocolate shop, and there was this lady and she was like in her 70s and she was like, oh, you know, I'm on a diet. And I just turned to her and I said, life's too short to diet. Enjoy the chocolate. And I know what these people may be thinking. Oh, it's easy for you. You know, you're not fat. But the thing is, I am not thin either. I'm average size and I'm this size and I'm in this body because I no longer diet. My body has changed over the years. It really has. And this is unintentional. And it is because I quit diet culture. I focused on adrenal health, gut health, stress, blood tests, getting in the sun, moving house, all that stuff. This blueprint had nothing to do with weight loss for me, but optimal energy and well-being gain, right? So the point here is that people may say, oh, well, it's easy for you to do that or your body's like this. No, they don't know your story. It doesn't matter. Your size has nothing to do with your health. All right, the next strategy, if it's family and if it's bad, set boundaries, If someone's diet talk triggers negative feelings or behaviors in you, it's okay to express your discomfort politely. You can say something like, I'm working on improving my relationship with food, so I prefer not to discuss diets right now. Yeah. It even got to a point years and years ago where I said to my mom, mom, I know you don't mean any harm, but when you comment on some random person on sunrise or a cover in affair who's lost weight, It makes me think you're directing it at me, even though you may not be. Just please don't mention anything diet related to me. Don't comment on what I'm eating. It's just not helpful for me, right? And they may get defensive. They may get upset, but it has to be said, okay? So you figure out what will help you and try communicate it. And I know what some of you are thinking. 
But Steph, I've tried. If you've tried to set boundaries with no avail, the next strategy is for you. This is the redirect strategy. Thirdly, redirect the strategy. Redirect the conversation. What this means is if diet talk arises in a group setting, steer the discussion towards more positive and inclusive topics. So someone saying, oh my God, I ate so many calories today. You might say, hey, has anyone listened to the latest episode of the What's Eating You podcast? Something like that. Or someone's like, oh my God, I'm so fat in these jeans. They're like, hey, Sarah, what did you get up to today? Redirect the conversation to steer it away from diet talk. Now, the last thing is stay strong and true in your direction. You really have to trust the process on a food freedom or mental health journey. Recognize and manage your own triggers effectively. So pay attention to the situations or topics that trigger negative thoughts or behaviors related to food. Once you identify your triggers, develop healthy coping strategies to navigate them. Write them down and work through how you feel in relation to the trigger. Remember, awareness precedes change. So it's really important that you become aware of what triggers you. It's not about never getting triggered. It's about, oh, here's an opportunity. What can I learn from this? Do I need to redirect this? Do I need to challenge this belief? Is this effective for me to focus on? What's my desired outcome here? And trust the process. And remember, you've done it all before. You've done all the dieting. You've done all the crazy stuff. Didn't work. So trust the process of this journey that you are on. In conclusion, becoming aware of the prevalence of diet culture is such an important step towards your food freedom journey. You have the power to choose how you respond to diet talk and the influence it has on your life. So be patient with yourself and others and don't be afraid to have those gentle conversations where necessary. Thank you so much for joining me today on the What's Eating You podcast. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it, take a screenshot, tag me on social media, and don't forget to vote below. So the podcast awards are out, and I think it's the the People's Choice Award. I might have said that wrong, but please vote below. It'll mean the world to me. And if you've got any podcast requests, just let me know on Instagram. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.